98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. See, boys. All right, well, something's going on. It's time for lunch, Wolf. It is uh, Wolf and Down Your Lunch, and as she does every day, Erin Maloney is here to bring us the top stories. Erin? So no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no J.J. Watt, no A.J. Green. No problem. The Cardinals rolled over the 49ers on the road, 31-17. So what did this win say about this team? Just resilient. Um, no matter who's stepping in there, they're, they're playing at a high level and um, trying to hold the standard to what it is. And, and it's just fun to be around these guys, man. They bring juice every day of practice. They have fun. They're competitive when they go against each other. And uh, that was a heck of an effort by this group today. Your reaction to that? I mean, I agree. I think the resiliency is one of the biggest parts of this team. And I know I said this at the start of the show, Wolf, but, um, you know, if, if you took the logos off the helmets, if that's apparently holding some people back from looking at this team and saying they're the best team in the league, especially after what happened yesterday, what they did and what the other top teams in the league did, there's a pretty clear line drawn. If you took the logos off all the helmets, nobody would question the Cardinals are the best team right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, honestly, you need two things if you want to be a consistent winner in the National Football League. You need talent and you need toughness. You need talent individually, you need talent collectively, and you need toughness individually and toughness collectively. You put those two things together and you're going to win consistently in the National Football League and I think the Cardinals are exhibit triple-A on that. Colt McCoy looked comfortable running the Cardinals' offense as he passed for 249 yards and a touchdown. So what did people learn about Colt McCoy yesterday? Here's Marcus Golden. Oh, they found out that he's going to come, man. He's going to be ready for the big-time stage as he was today. He's been in the league for a long time, man. And like I said, he come to work every day. You would think he was a starter just by the way he worked, man. He worked so hard. He's giving his all on the practice field, going against us. So I got a lot of respect for Colt, man, and I'm, I'm happy he was able to get out there and uh, get us a win today. What did you see from Colt McCoy yesterday? I just I saw, you know, everything you want from a backup quarterback and then a little bit more because I, I think you're looking at a backup quarterback on a good team like this and you're saying just go out there and give us a chance, Colt. Just, just give us a chance to either have the defense win the game or to have, you know, the running backs take over or whatever. And the defense played well and James Conner had a monster game. But Colt McCoy gave them a little bit more as well, completing 22 of 26 passes. And he was also playing without his top two receivers. <laughs> the talk was like, well, if Kyler yeah. plays, he won't have his top two receivers. <laughs> well, Colt didn't have Kyler's top two receivers either. Listen, from the very beginning, he was in complete control. And that's exactly what you want to see from your backup quarterback. A guy that isn't going to be wowed by the situation. A guy that isn't going to look at it and think, oh, my goodness, this is too big for me. He was in control from the very beginning, and that rubbed off on his teammates, and you could see that. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, tests today on Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds' ankle revealed a high ankle sprain. He is now expected to miss multiple games. Are you guys confident in what the Cardinals have in James Conner and Eno Benjamin? Yeah, I think you have to be. I mean, we don't know exactly how many games Chase is going to miss. you got to remember the Cardinals have the bye week coming up, so maybe I'm just 
throwing this out there, but maybe it's like a Russell Wilson situation where, oh, he's going to miss three weeks, but it's only two games or something like that, or who knows. Um, but, but either way, I'm very confident, obviously, in James Conner, and I think, you know, Benjamin can, can do what he did yesterday consistently. I don't think there's anybody on the Cardinals roster that I respect more than Chase Edmonds. Um, this is a pro through and through. This is a guy that is a coach on the field, a guy that will give you everything that he has, a guy that is good enough. He has the talent to go out and perform and make plays for you, but it's his leadership that he brings I absolutely love and respect. And have, well, I was just going to say, I'll add this too from what you said earlier. It's not even just a, like a talent thing or a production thing. I would, I'd be more concerned if James Conner was the one hurt because Eno Benjamin is sort of built like Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I'm just saying that um, Eno Benjamin, I think, is going to come in and fill a lot of the tangible that Chase Edmonds brings to this team. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks which Cardinal stepped up the biggest in the win over the 49ers. Was it Colt McCoy? James Conner, Marcus Golden, or other? I, I, mean, I, I have to vote for James Conner after the performance he put together yesterday. It didn't look like San Francisco had any sort of answer for him. I don't know if any of these answers are wrong, though. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I'm going to have to go with Colt McCoy. I'm going to have to go. Anytime you're on the road, you're playing a division foe, you're playing against a team that has that defensive line and can generate the kind of pressure the 49ers can generate, um, there's no doubt about it. You're starting your backup quarterback, and this guy walks out there and you light it up. <laughs> you light it up from the very beginning. You have 145 yards as an offense in the first quarter. You score 14 points in the first quarter. This is your backup quarterback. He doesn't have the top two receivers at his disposal. And he goes out and plays it. Yeah, I'm Colt McCoy. Um off the charts. You're just saying that because he's joining us next. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> 50% say Colt McCoy, 46% say James Conner, 3% say Marcus Golden, and 1% say other. Division rivalries bring out the most competitive attitudes even between opposing coaches and players, guys, as 49ers cornerback Josh Norman and head coach Cliff Kingsbury were seen jawing at each other during the second quarter. Here's Cliff after the game. <laughs> I thought they were both on me, and I, I was getting ejected, so I'm glad they weren't um, but no, that that was just kind of a misunderstanding. I, I got to keep my composure better and can't call the ref the things I called him. But um, luckily, it worked out for us. How often do opposing players yell at a head coach? Uh, when? Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. think I think I got that youthful exuberance. I think that attracts it sometimes. <laughs> I see. Okay. What did you think about that? That fiery cliff on the sideline. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't I don't mind it, but I understand why you're gonna say what you're about to say, Wolf. No, honestly, I love it. Are you kidding me? I love a coach that shows emotion on the sideline. I love a coach that will tap in to the intensity and the rage tree and and scream at players out on the field and scream at players on the sideline. I, I've got absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. You just gotta always keep that moral high high ground if you're a head coach you you can never lose your mind the way cliff did <laughs> even though i i find it very very appealing you can't run out of the field and lose your mind the way that he did right there because you've got to keep that moral high ground where you look at your players and you hold them accountable and you say you can never 
You can never punch back a guy that punches you in the face after the whistle. You cannot do it. You can't draw that 15-yard personal foul penalty. You can never do it. It's selfish. That's why a head coach can't do it. All right, thank you, Aaron, for wolfing down your lunch. We'll do it again tomorrow. FanDuel Fan Fest, the biggest party in sports, heads to Westworld of Scottsdale December 11th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and to claim your free tickets coming up. How comfortable did Colt McCoy feel during the uh, the Cardinals game yesterday? We'll talk to him and get the answer next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford with Wolf and Luke. All right, back here with you from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, and uh, we're joined now on the 72-sold sports line by the quarterback who led the Cardinals to victory yesterday, Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt, first of all, just thank you for the time. How are you feeling today after that win yesterday? Hey, good. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, Always nice to get a um, road win in the division. That's hard to do. Yeah, Colt, when exactly did you know you were going to get the start? Um, I didn't really have a good idea until kind of later in the week, Friday, Saturday, it started looking that way a little bit. I I still wasn't certain. Uh, and then, and then Cliff kind of made that call on Saturday and, and, uh, we just, we rolled with it. You know, I've always admired you, Colt, as a pro, just watching you go about your business, watching you play, watching you compete. How satisfying was yesterday for you? Oh, it, it was great. I mean, you know, you, as a backup, you you never know when your number is going to get called, and and uh, to go out there and, and execute our offense and and just find a way to to get a win on the road, it just it does. It makes makes me happy. It makes me, um, you know, proud to be a part of this team. And I think these guys certainly rallied around me, and and uh, I'm grateful for that. And just got to keep keep going, keep staying ready. Talking to Cardinals quarterback Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt, we've heard from a, a few players saying one of the things they really admire about you is just the way you prepare every week, almost like you're starting every week. I mean, did your prep, other than you know practice, how much did it change last week knowing you might be the guy? It really didn't change much, honestly. I kept kept myself in the same routine uh, that I've been doing all season. You know, the only difference would be I did get a, you know a few more reps in practice. Um, which helped, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I, I do try to make it the same and, and uh, treat treat every game the same as if I was going to go in and play and, and uh, be an extra set of eyes for Kyler and, you know, help him in his preparation. And uh, we're, we're, we're both well coached by Cliff and Cam. They do a great job with us. And um, I had a lot of confidence just in, in that whole process and that whole routine and, you know, that if I needed to, to go play I would I would be ready and and uh, I'm thankful that the guys rallied around me and played well and um, Cliff got me in a rhythm early and and uh, the results were what we wanted. Colt how much of that offense yesterday was different from what we've seen with Kyler how much of that offense was different? I mean you guys can see I'm not Kyler Murray back there he's he's the MVP I mean he's he's in a you know he has a, a Definite shot at winning that, and, and yeah, but Colt, I didn't see the offense plays. change. 
Do I? I didn't see a lot of the offense change, man. That's the yeah. thing about it. I mean, I, I think I ran enough to keep him honest. <laughs> um <laughs> But again, I think it just it just goes back to execution and 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 doing the little things right. And you know, it was big for me to you know not take sacks and get the ball out and uh, not turn the ball over. You know, and generally when you do those things, you you put yourself in a position to win. And you know, for us, I, offensively, I think we just made big plays and at the right times. You know, when they tried to pressure us and heat us up, we hit a screen for a touchdown, which was huge. And you know, we stayed on the field and converted some third downs that uh, that you know ate up the clock and and uh, helped our defense out. And I just it was a total team effort. The defense played played well again. Um, our run game was was efficient. And so I, I just you know we we were banged up, right? We didn't have Hoff or AJ. Kyler wasn't out there. We lost a couple O linemen, but we we still chased. And got banged up early. I think there's just a lot of confidence in our in our locker room right now in each other and. Guys are going to step up when they need to step up, and and uh, we were able to do that this week. Talking to Cardinals quarterback Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt, you mentioned Kyler a couple times there. I mean, you guys obviously have a really good relationship off the field. Did you expect that to to come together so quickly? We're only halfway through your first season here. Like, like what has that relationship been like for you? Yeah, it's it's been good. It's, um, you know, I, I've actually learned a lot from Kyler just by watching him play, watching his preparation, adjusting some of the things that that I used to do in the past that I think are, are better in the way that he does it. Um, you know, there's good communication there. I mean, I mentioned earlier that we're both, you know, very well coached. Um, you know, we have good players around us. That that always helps. So uh, I think for, for us, we just have to continue to um, do that, to execute what, what we need to execute to run the, run the offense, how Cliff wants us to run it. And, um, you know, just keep keep making plays. And Kyler can make plays that um, nobody else can make. You know, he's he's special. He's dynamic. Uh, he brings that added element. Um, you know, but I don't think the the offense was called too much differently. Uh, we were we just did the little things right and and uh, you know made made some big plays when we needed to make them. Is is there a Texas connection there? <laughs> Do you guys sit around and talk about Texas? <laughs> no, I certainly don't talk about Oklahoma. That's what's <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit about the 49ers defense and what the, what did they do differently, if anything at all, from what you saw on tape? Uh, they didn't play any man coverage against us, uh, which we kind of thought was going to be the case. Uh, they had played a lot of man leading up to that. Uh, they played a bunch of man coverage in our first game. Uh, they played. They played lots of zone. Uh, they pressured a little bit more than what they had in the past. Uh, and so when when they do that, I just I just tried to get completions and you know find the windows, use my eyes. And you know I thought the receivers did a really nice job of um, some catch and runs. You know we we popped a screen on them that that hit, and mm. we just stayed ahead of the chains. You know you get you get third and third downs too many too often against them, or third and longs. It's they're hard to. Hard to beat. Their pass rush is really good. Um, their front is really good. So, again, we we just we were efficient and and that that helped us. Colt, what have you seen from this team? I mean, to be eight and one, you've had some unique circumstances. The Cleveland game, you didn't have your head coach. You know, every team misses players, but like you said, you were missing your top two targets yesterday. No JJ Watt. San Francisco's the home team. They need that game. You guys just continue to show resiliency every week. It feels like. 
Yeah, I think that's a sign of a good team. Um, I think you know, Steve has done a great job of putting this team together, and and there's a there's a good healthy mix of uh, veteran guys who've been in other places, who've uh, you've been on winning teams, and and seen a lot in this league. And then there's a there's a lot of young guys who have stepped up and are playing, and you know guys in their second, third, fourth year who ha- maybe haven't played a bunch, or who we need to step, who we need them to step up and make some plays, and and they're doing it. And there's just a lot of confidence in in our building, and you know, we are banged up. There's there's no mistake about that. Uh, we we need to get healthy, um, but. To do what we did yesterday, I think it's just a, a good sign that everybody's sticking together and believing in each other. And, you know, we're not looking ahead by any means. We're taking it one week at a time. And um, just, you know, to to go on the road in the division and find a way to win is, is huge. And Colt, how much contact did you actually have with Kyler Murray during the game? Did you guys sit down and have long conversations? Talk to me about that. No, it, it was great. The communication was good. He, he, you know, was talking to me about things that he saw or, you know, maybe things that we could get to, you know, based on what what they were doing. There, there was there was good communication on the sidelines the whole game, for sure. Now you, you look forward here towards the second half of the season, and, and you obviously have experience in this league. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start, but it still really is only the halfway point. And yet it seems like you guys do have a lot of collective leadership within that room to kind of keep everybody on track in the second half. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the focus. You know, we we uh, just want to take it one week at a time, and uh, we have a very tough opponent in Carolina coming in. I know their defense is is, is very efficient, very highly ranked in the league. You know, it causes a lot of problems for people, and uh, we're going to have our hands full with them. And we just got to focus on that, and you know, get ready to go this week. Do you need to work on your sliding, Colt? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I probably do. I need, I, I I need to get down. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Colt. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations Thanks, on the way. Buddy. Good luck next week. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks See a lot. Ya. That's uh, that's Colt McCoy joining us on the seventy two sold sports line. Get your price at seventy two sold dot com. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't slide quite as much as Kyler. There were a couple of head firsters right there that I think. Colt, can I talk to you over here for a second? Can I see you? You don't want Cliff yelling at you the way yes. he was yelling yesterday. Well, you don't want the blue tent to come out. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, if Chase Edmonds has to miss some time, and it sounds like he's probably going to, are we confident with what the Cardinals have in James Conner and Eno Benjamin now? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford with Wolf and Luke. Uh, thanks to Colt McCoy for joining the show last segment. Um, it's not all great news today for the Cardinals, Wolf, because we do have an update on Chase Edmonds and yeah. uh, Ian Rappaport saying, he, it is a high ankle sprain. The MRI confirmed a high ankle sprain. He's likely to land on IR and should miss three to four games. He said games, not weeks, which is important because the Cardinals have a bye week coming up. But three to four games, according to Ian Rappaport. 
Yeah, for the most part, when I think of a high ankle sprain, I think of three to four weeks, somewhere in there. Now, there are different degrees of severity, of course, so whatever he's reporting right now, I'm not going to argue that. Um, It just stinks all the way around. Chase Edmonds, one of my favorite Arizona Cardinals, a guy that is more of a coach on the field than anything else, and a guy that gives you everything he's got, and he's got enough. His talent, obviously, is, is special. Um, he was a great compliment to James Conner, and now looks like he's going to miss some time here. The good news is Eno Benjamin looks like he's up to the task of spotting Chase Edmonds. Yeah, and like you said earlier, when you just look at the the similarities, I'm not saying Eno is Chase Edmonds, but there are at least similarities between them. So if Eno has to step in for one of those guys between Chase Edmonds and James Conner, you don't really have a replacement for James Conner on the roster, whereas Eno can kind of slide in and you still have that uh, that balance between your two running backs. So you'd like to have Chase back, but you can maybe get by for a few weeks without him as opposed to losing James Conner. Yeah, can I just say right now it's interesting to bring up James Conner and um, talking about the Arizona Cardinals not having a James Conner to replace him with, and you are absolutely right in that regard. Can I also say that looking across the National Football League and watching all these games, I watch a lot of football, Luke, as you, you? imagine. Right there, I really do. I watch a lot of it and break a lot of the tape down as well. I don't know if I've seen anybody run the ball like James Conner. I, I, I mean, now that Derrick Henry is out of the equation, Derrick Henry is a guy that will truck you. Um, but I, I don't know how many guys are in the league, and I'm sure I'm not thinking of some. Um, I'm sure there are a few others, but James Conner rarely. Do you see a guy that's 232 pounds? I think Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is also a guy. Say Chubb, yeah. Nick Chubb is also a guy that will truck you and enjoys doing it, sticking his face right into your sternum and moving you, knocking your mouth guard out. That's something James Conner is doing. I, it's interesting because we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I was talking to my older brother Craig about this. And, James Conner seems to be running the ball with a, a an aggression that um, I, I've seen him do before with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but not necessarily last year. And my older brother Craig said he felt like James Conner was finishing runs this year a lot better than what he did last year, finishing runs. He, he does look like somebody who is kind of running like he has something to prove. Yeah. It's, it is it's interesting that the Steelers started last year 11 and 0 and yet as as we got closer to 11 it was like there's this team's got some holes and they can't run. That was one of the things James Conner was there. James Conner sure seems like he can run now and he really has since day 1 and it was funny because when they went out and got him in the offseason you know, some people were really into it, and some people were like, "Okay, you got a you know running back isn't he's a, James Conner? He's been around for a while. He's almost done, right? I mean, he's twenty six. Yeah, he's 26. not. He's not forty four. He's twenty six years old. And I think this is what James Conner is going to be going forward. I, I don't. I don't know if he's ever going to be in a situation where James Conner is going to be the RB1 once again. Now, now again, we're going to look at him right here and think, oh my goodness, he's going to get RB1 reps here. But in the world of the National Football League, in the year 2021 of our Lord, I can tell you right now, Basinonians, that you need two running backs. Two running backs are going to play. Rarely are you going to see one guy like Derek Henry. Rarely are you going to see that guy that is going to line up and get 30 carries a game. 
He's the last one. Really. And then play, exactly. And then play almost 90% of the snaps. Rarely are you going to see that anymore. And I don't think that's going to change here, even without Chase Edmonds. Uh, this is Cliff Kingsbury after the game yesterday talking about James Conner. They had expectations, but Conner has exceeded them. He's way more than we expected. I, I, I loved him as a player, as a physical downhill back. Um, the toughness you can see, and this is just watching from afar. When we got him here in training camp, I saw the route running ability, the hands, the quick twitch, the uh, intensity day in and day out. And so it, it's just been, been an honor to work with him, and he had a heck of a day. How many screen passes is James Conner going to catch with one hand? <laughs> it does seem to be his uh, move, doesn't it's, it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I think I've seen him three or four times stab it with one hand. It's um that's lost in his performance yesterday because we're all talking about okay two more rushing touchdowns and the guy just continues to run the ball but he also had five catches for seventy seven yards and a touchdown yesterday yeah so and, and he did this in Pittsburgh you know when he got here everybody's like okay well then you know best case he'll be the battering ram and Chase Edmonds can be the receiving back it's a little more they're a little more interchangeable than that at least I mean if you look at Connor's receiving numbers in Pittsburgh. You know, he had, what, a 50, 55 catches in 2018, uh, 34, yeah. 35 in the years after. They had some injuries in there. But, I mean, it's not unheard of for him to have a, a role in the passing game, too. And he had a big role yesterday. Yeah, no, he, he absolutely did. James Conner just continues to produce for the Cardinals. It's interesting because I was talking to Paul Calvisi, Paulie, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Calvisi, the sideline reporter for the Arizona Cardinals. Not the charcuterie <laughs> board or whatever you called him last week. <laughs> no, wait. Is he on yet? Is he? Do we have him on the line? Is that it? Uh, charcuterie board, Paul. Um, but he was talking about the fact that the offensive line really feeds off of James Conner on the sideline. He was talking about yeah. the interaction they have, the offensive line with James Conner in particular, and James Conner walking up and down the sideline yelling, are you with me? Are you with me? Right? I mean, I, I got to tell you now, you got a guy who's 6'1", 232 pounds, who was trucking people out on the field. You better be with Just, him. You better, you better say yes <laughs> when he says, are you with me? Right? And <laughs> It's interesting because Paulie keeps talking about the fact that the offensive line really feeds off of James Conner, and James Conner feeds off of the offensive line as well. This is a copacetic relationship that is starting to develop, and chemistry is getting really, really good. That is definitely one of those questions that has a right answer, right? If James Conner is screaming in your face, <laughs> are you with me? It's not like a rhetorical, hey, think about this, and, and you know whatever answer we'll talk about. And here's a, the yes. great thing about it is the guy is not only one of the more physical players on this football team and proves it week in and week out, but he's also one of the better leaders on this football team as well. Inside the locker room, outside the locker room, on the field, outside of the field. This guy is a leader through and through. And once again, he embodies everything that Steve Kimes said he was going to do to improve this football team in the offseason. Get more physical and bring leaders in. James Conner spoke after the game and they asked him if his mindset changed at all when he saw that Chase Edmonds was out. Well, absolutely. You know, this... Uh... You know, going through the season so far to what it's been and us just playing off of each other, you know, to see him go down early. Um, you know, I knew that, you know, they was going to be leaning on me heavy. And so, um, 
this game is uh, it has to be above the net game. You know, just be mental, be in the right right spots, and uh, you know, put the ball in the right place and just play play a good football game. But also, know I had help too with that with Eno. He stepped in and had a great great game too. What an honest answer right there from James Conner. Mm-hmm. Because the easy answer, the median answer on that one, Basinonians, is, oh, no, you know what, honestly, I don't, it wasn't going to change my mindset whatsoever, whether he was there or not. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to play every play like it's my life. That was a really honest answer, a yep. thoughtful answer it from was. James Conner. It, it really, really was. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to switch gears to basketball. How can the Suns build off of their win against the Hawks over the weekend? We'll be joined by Suns broadcaster Kevin Ray for Suns Game Day with K. Ray. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. K. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns Game Day with K. Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Well, it is game day because the Phoenix Suns are in Sacramento for a rematch already. A rematch. Only nine games into the season with the Sacramento Kings tonight at 8 o'clock. And joining us as he does every weekday game day, it is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. K-Ray, how's it going, man? I'm doing well this morning, guys. How are you? We're doing great, man. The Cardinals are eight and one, K. <laughs> that feels good. Uh, as it should. As it should. Well, the Suns, uh, they did what they were supposed to do, K Ray, on this homestand. They end up winning four straight Cleveland, New Orleans, Houston, and then Atlanta on Saturday. Uh, aside from just the wins and being five and three and Devin Booker scoring 65 points in the last two games, are you seeing signs now that maybe we're getting back closer to what we were accustomed to last year? Yeah, I think so. I, I think what we've seen, uh, guys, is the, you know, the team string together. Now, uh, several minutes and consecutive quarters of consistent, steady Suns basketball and really kind of starting on the defensive end, uh, not surprisingly, because, you know, for, for all the for all the offensive numbers that they tended to put up last year, uh, many of those points and that productivity started on the defensive end. And so we're starting to see them get back to that. Those, you know, these last couple of games in particular where they had the, the big scoring runs. And you think back, it was triggered by blocks, by steals, generating turnovers, getting out in transition, you know, and then guys making the right decision with the basketball. So it's it's definitely been a lot more enjoyable and a lot more like Suns basketball that, that you know, got them to the finals last year. So talk a little bit about this team's defense overall. It's such a big part of who they are. It was such a big part of what they did last year. What are you seeing on the defensive side of the ball, Kevin? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, and look, we're the, the, the team is dealing with something that they rarely had to deal with last year. And, you know, we're just, uh, you know, eight games in, and that is guys dealing with injuries. You know, campaign got back the other night, but this is going to be back-to-back games now and third overall uh, that they'll be playing without DeAndre Ayton. Um, so I think that that has contributed to, to some of the defensive inconsistencies. But with that being said, we are seeing them getting back to the communication. And, you know, that's really where it starts, first and mm. foremost, communication, and then just playing hard. 
I mean, that's oftentimes really all, all it takes. And I know it sounds simple and, and easy, but that's all it takes to be a, a really good defensive team is communicate, but then play hard when you're out there. And I think, you know, Monty is finding some balance in terms of his rotations. But with JaVale and Frank now getting extended minutes with D.A. being out, um, I've been really impressed with the way those two have handled their business on the defensive end. And, you know, the perimeter defense is, is also getting better as well. But, you know, tonight's going to be a test of that, as the Suns will tell you. I mean, you know, they, they, they were up by 12 points on the Kings in the first meeting, and then all of a sudden that dude Buddy Heald stepped on the floor and and he can change things real quickly. Talking to Kevin Ray of the Bally Sports uh, Phoenix Suns broadcasts. K-Ray, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton, and he, you know, he missed the game Saturday. It sounds like he's going to miss, we don't know exactly how much time here, but um, but it's not just like a, a one-day thing. And then the other side to that is the Suns have a lot of games now coming up. They're basically playing every other day or you know three days and four nights, so this is um, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge here. Really is it really is, and, and I think that's why the team is being you know and taking just precautionary moves with Da. There, there's no timetable on it, just because it's just one of those injuries that, as we saw him come back and play a game, but then that was followed up by him waking up you know the next morning and dealing with some extreme soreness, and because of that schedule you're talking about. You know, they feel like it's better to to get ahead of this thing now versus, you know, now saying, okay, he could be sidelined for for five games. So the hope is with a few extra days rest and, you know, a game off that he'll get uh, better sooner than later. But, you know, it goes back to this team relying on their depth and having, you know, having great confidence in the depth that they've got. Talk a little bit about Chris Paul and what you're seeing from CP3. It seems like to me, Kevin, he's really going overboard, hyper trying to get his teammates involved around him as opposed to looking for his own shot. Do you think there's a little bit of that going on? You know, it's funny uh, because I, I was over at uh, – I just got back from shoot-around a little while ago, and, and I asked Chris that. I said, you know, is that just by design, you know, based on – taking the long view of the season and the fact that, you know, here you are in, you know, this stage in your career coming off of the finals. And, you know, I I think in classic, you know, Chris, Chris speak, just kind of deflecting and just saying, no, just, you know, I'm just, I'm just taking what the, you know, the opponent is giving Mm -hmm. me and, and uh, trying to get my guys, you know, trying to get to the the, the open shooter and, and the right player. But, it would certainly, you know, when you really examine, especially first half, the number of games now uh, through the first eight games, I think in five of the eight, um, he's taken uh, less than three field goal attempts in the first half. You know, yeah. outside outside of that Lakers game where he came out and it was like, okay, I'm setting the tone of the table tonight. But outside of that, he really is, at least to me, on the surface, you know, appearing to just – working his way into the game and making sure everybody else is getting going. And then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, you know, he finishes six of eight. (laughs) Yeah. 
talking to K Ray, uh, Kevin Ray of, of Bally Sports. Uh, K Ray, when you when you look at Devin Booker and, and what he has done now over the last few games, I mean, it, it just sort of seems like a return to normalcy if you're a Suns fan, and, and it is kind of a reminder of you know as much as everybody looks at Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton with all the offseason talk about the extension, this really still is Devin Booker's team, and he kind of has taken them back on on his back here over the last couple wins. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's what I had shared with you guys in that first week, uh, just because of the timing with books um, off season, if you want to call it that, you know, going right from the finals to the Olympics, then getting a little time off and then dealing with COVID. You know, I, I had said then that it was probably going to take 10 days or so before we really started to see him get his legs under him and his wind and just the, you know, the type of conditioning that Devin Booker is accustomed to. And that's exactly now what we've seen. Uh, You're not seeing those three point shots come up short. You're not even seeing the mid range game come up short. And more than anything, he's just, he's, you know, found a rhythm, found a timing with, you know, with his teammates and, just yeah, being Devin Booker when you need him to be. What would you expect to see tonight against the Kings and how it might go? Yeah, what what I would expect to see is the Suns be much more physical with Sacramento than they were in that first meeting. Um, I you know not that they didn't know uh, you know what Buddy Heel can do, mm-hmm. but because they hadn't faced them in in several months, it's just a reminder that man you got to stay attached to this guy. And you've got to be physical with him. And you, you cannot allow him to get good, clean, easy looks because once he gets one or two of those to go down, I mean, it's like a brush fire. Yeah. And as, as the Suns and the Suns fans know, uh, you know, you can go from a 12-point lead to, you know, 12 points down. And then he just opened the door for them and the other guys to make plays. Harrison Barn hits the, you know, miraculous game winner. And all of a sudden, and you know, instead of uh, being unbeaten on that home stand, you you take a tough L there. So I would expect a much more physical approach by the Suns tonight. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, man. We always always appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Kay. You got it. Enjoy your victory Monday, boys. <laughs> Rolling in it, Kay. Uh, that's uh, it's Kevin Ray joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. Yeah, you're going to end every sentence today with the Cardinals are 8 and 1, aren't you? Yeah, that's why not? I mean, honestly, 8 and 1. You got in late, had a bad night, 8 and 1. Just Don't worry one. about it. No big deal. All right, uh, coming up next, Big Red Monday continues. We'll get Burns and Gambo's biggest takeaways from the Cardinals 31 17 win over the 49ers in San Francisco with some Big Red crosstalk next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona. Sports Station.